0: Welcome to your Catholic drive time. Keeping you.
1: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Inspired. We love God. Welcome to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. For whatever reason, we're having technical difficulties on our intro. But good morning to you, Joe McClain here, your host. It's good to be on with you, praise be to God, for the 450-year anniversary of the Battle of Lepanto, the battle that saved Europe. Don Juan of Austria is going to the war, and today we're going to talk about that in a big way in this first hour, praise be to God. In fact, coming up at 35 past the hour, Roberto DiMattei, he is the professor, he's also the president of the Lepanto. So uh, Foundation, and he is going to be on our program to talk about the historical significance of this great battle that happened 450 years ago today and uh, and saved Europe and uh, Pius V and his role, the Holy League, all of that coming up at 35 past the hour. So that's going to be our guest segment. At 15 past the hour, I want to do something very special for you today. I would like to uh, read for you the poem of G.K. Chesterton. On Lepanto. It is a very fun poem. It is very cool. I totally stole the idea from a priest at my parish, Father Rock, who quoted from this poem on Sunday's homily, this past Sunday's homily. So I took the inspiration from him, and, uh, and I think I'm going to lay into it a little bit and give it a little bit of a dramatic read. So that's coming up at 15 past the hour. But speaking of total drama, Adrian Fonseca is here on The Ones and Twos. Good morning to you,
2: Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here is it now it is it is good to be here <laughs> what, of, what's going on over there the uh the computer froze for like 20 seconds and so the uh it had a, a little bit of issue with the, with the sound but it, it seems to be working now so <laughs> <For we're> sh- <laughs> hopefully we won't have any other issues the rest praise of the
1: show. be to god praise be to god you know it's uh, the, the contrasts are pretty amazing right uh, the battle of ponto and Um, It's a thing that guys like you and I can get geeked out upon, but I wonder how many average Catholics even really know of the battle itself, the details of the significance of it. uh, And it's still very significant considering the
2: the times that we live in, don't you think? I know it. Uh, We had – I was talking to our colleague David Magianis in the Houston studio yesterday, and he was like – I was like, are you excited for tomorrow? He's like – what? What's tomorrow? <laughs> tomorrow is Thursday. Right, like, Thursday. It's Friday. Thursday, man. Uh, it's the Feast of Our Lady of Victory, yeah. Our Lady of the Rosary, the anniversary of the Battle of Lepanto, save the West. Right. If it wasn't for the Battle of Lepanto, we'd all either be Muslim or we wouldn't even be here. Yeah. Uh, so one or the other. So <laughs> I mean, you had the Protestant
1: Reformation uh, already in that century. You had the defeat of Satan himself and the Aztec Empire by Our Lady of Guadalupe through Hernán Cortés. And uh, you had the revolt of of even Catholic nations, against the effort to come together and to stem the tide of the, of the Ottoman Empire. Uh, France and others wouldn't come to help. I mean, it's pretty crazy the, the kinds of things that were going on at the time. And very miraculous, to say the least. Our Lady Guadalupe playing a role in the Battle of Lepanto. Uh, in fact, they had an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe that was touched to the original tilma that uh, was there in the battle. And Don Juan himself wore a relic of the true cross around his neck given to him by pope pius v pretty cool pretty amazing so we're going to be recounting that story for you today in this hour and talking to our guest roberto di mate coming up at 35 past there are breaking news stories to cover as well in this hour uh there is a, a federal judge in texas who has um, blocked the uh heartbeat pill there so i'm guessing abortions will go back to business at least for a short time until an appeal can be filed so we'll be covering that story in this hour as well as a a bunch of other stories in the breaking news segment so there's a lot to cover today i'm excited to do this and i hope that you'll join us again the gk chesterton poem on lepanto is coming up at 15 past let's pray let's dive into this and let's get started in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost amen Your headline news the blaze reports dozens of california students still stranded in afghanistan in a newsletter published wednesday morning the los angeles times offered updates on the whereabouts of several san diego county and sacramento area students who were left behind amid the chaotic evacuation from the now taliban controlled country in august The paper noted that there are, quote, dozens of Sacramento area families still in the country, according to the San Juan Unified School District, unquote, goes on to say, quote, recently, three families, including seven students made it back to the U.S., but about 38 students are still there. The Times noted. The Sacramento City Unified School District reportedly told the paper that, quote, an Afghan immigrant family with three children, unquote, enrolled at one of its elementary schools also sought help in fleeing, but, quote, the students have not yet returned to the school. Representatives from both school districts expressed expressed hopefulness about the students' eventual safe return. Epic Times reports Lieutenant Colonel Scheller to face October 14th trial by court-martial. Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller, United States Marine Corps, has been reportedly charged with six violations of the Uniform Code of Military Justice and will face trial by court-martial on October the 14th. Just to remind you, he is the only person to have been put into the brig and put on court-martial in relation to the Afghan withdrawal. The only one. And it was because, what? What? According to a source familiar with the matter, the trial will be open to the public. The source said Scheller's defense team has requested a larger courtroom to accommodate the numerous reporters, lawmakers, family members and other members of the public who are interested in the case. Scheller's attorney, Brian Ferguson, has declined to comment publicly on the matter. Scheller was freed from pretrial detention, i.e., put into the brig, on October the 5th after being placed in the brig in September for criticizing senior military officials over the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. And there's the rub. He, He complained about how they handled it, and he is the one being court martialed. The Hill reports one third of Seattle police have not submitted vaccination proof ahead of deadline. The Seattle Police Department released data on Tuesday showing that 720 sworn officers have submitted proof of vaccination, representing 67% of officers. Another 354 officers have not submitted proof. Separately, 94% of the agency's civilian workforce has submitted proof of vaccination. Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin said in August that all city employees will have to be fully vaccinated by October the 18th unless they have a religious or medical exemption. In a letter to SPD staff last week, Police Chief Adrian Diaz warned that October the 5th was the deadline for police staff to submit proof. Diaz also said that October 4th was the last day to receive a second dose of either the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine or the single dose Johnson and Johnson vaccine to meet the state's guidelines, which means there's a lot of police officers that are about to walk away. The National Review uh, reports Biden says he would sign the reconciliation bill with or without the Hyde Amendment. President Joe Biden said Tuesday that he will sign off on Democrats' massive social spending package, regardless of whether it includes the Hyde Amendment, a stipulation that prohibits taxpayer money from funding abortions. A reporter asked the president if he is okay if the Hyde Amendment is in the reconciliation bill, to which Biden responded, I want to get the bill passed. Quote, would you sign it if the Hyde Amendment is in the bill? Unquote. The reporter asked. Quote, "I'd sign it either way." Unquote. Biden added. Meanwhile, Representative Pramila Jayapal, from a Democrat from Washington, chair of progressive caucus, said Sunday that she will not support the reconciliation package if it includes the Hyde Amendment. And those are your headline news. The
2: same of the day is well, rather. I guess it's the Our Lady of the Holy Rosary. Also, we refer to this as Our Lady of Victory. And also, we refer to it as Auxiliary Christianorum, Help of Christians. So, a lot of titles of Our Lady for today. This happened on, on Sunday, the 7th of October, 1571. The combined Christian fleets under Don Juan of Austria achieved a significant naval victory. In fact, the greatest naval battle in the history of the world. Over the Turks and the Straits of Lepanto, thousands of Christians were liberated, the Turkish fleets were destroyed, and they suffered their first great defeat at sea. The Turks, that is. In gratitude to God and Our Lady, Pope St. Pius V, a Dominican, I may add, ordered an annual commemoration to be made of Our Lady of Victory. In 1573, Pope Gregory XIII transferred the feast to the first Sunday of October with the, fe- with the title, Feast of the Most Holy Rosary since the victory was won through the invocation of Our Lady of the Rosary. In 1716, Pope Clement XII extended the feast to the whole Latin rite calendar, assigning it to the first Sunday in October. Pope St. Pius X changed the date to the 7th of October, 1913 and 1969, and Pope Paul VI changed the name of the feast to Our Lady of the Rosary. Our Lady of the Rosary. Pray for us. Praise be to God
1: in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no husband? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Your kinswoman, Elizabeth, in her her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month, with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The gospel of the Lord.
2: The gospel uh, reflection for today, like, wow, there is so much to be said. I only got two minutes to say it all. And so we're going to jump straight into it. Cornelius lapide points out that the six months implies the conception of John the Baptist, because, you know, our Lord would have been six months younger than John the Baptist. And uh, Cornelius lapide goes through this whole thing and explains how the day of creation was likely on the same day that our Lord died and the day that our Lord died was likely the same day that he was born because prophets tended to die, at least according to Hebrew tradition, on the day of their, uh, their birth. And so this happened uh, many times throughout history, and our Lord would be no exception. And so it is said that on Easter of that year, that would be the day that uh, the creation of the world took place by by God, uh, which I think is pretty amazing. Another point to make is the angel Gabriel. So who was Gabriel? So Cornelis Lapide points out there are three named angels in scripture. That's Gabriel, Michael, and Raphael. Uh, Michael meaning who is like unto God? Raphael is uh, the healer of God or healer, and Gabriel is the strength of God. And the strength of God was sent down To our lady to announce the good news. Now, here is another great point. There's so many things to say and not enough time to say, and I'm realizing. Uh, So, here's one thing to point out. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give to him. So, okay, what is is often said? They say, Mary, did you know? Well, um, an angel came down and told her. So, I think think she knew. I think she knew. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. makes sense to me yes uh and so that's another great point to make and then okay here's another point our lady why what did she say how can this be Since I have no husband people will, will uh, call a uh, our lady and say oh look she's like a zachariah here saying uh she's being doubtful that this is going to happen no this is not what's happening our lady is not being doubtful she accepts that it will happen and she is simply saying so how is this going to happen? Because I have made a vow of perpetual virginity. I have promised myself to give myself to God and to God alone. So how will this happen? I believe it will happen. Mm. I know it will happen. I don't mm. just believe it. I know it with certainty of faith. Yeah, but man. how will it happen? And this and uh, with the Battle of Lepanto will be uh, the poem of G.K. Chesterton. It's coming up right after the break. God bless you. God love you. And we'll see you on the other side with Joe and the Battle of Lepanto.
3: The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time.
4: Embrace Christ. Embrace His Word. And if you stand for life, oh my goodness, you'll put a smile on God's face and He'll
3: bless you. Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore.
1: Speed of Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is great to be on with you. And now I present to you Lepanto, a poem by G.K. Chesterton. White fountains falling in the courts of the sun, and the soldan of Byzantium is smiling as they run. There is laughter like the fountains in the face of all men feared. It stirs the forest darkness, the darkness of his beard. It curls the blood-red crescent, the crescent of his lips. For the inmost sea of all the earth is shaken with his ships. They have dared the white republics up the capes of Italy. They have dashed the Adriatic round the lion of the sea. And the Pope? has cast his arms abroad for agony and loss, and called the kings of Christendom for swords about the cross. The cold Queen of England is looking in the glass. The shadow of the Valois is yawning at the mass. From evening aisles, fantastical rings faint the Spanish gun, and the Lord upon the golden horn is laughing in the sun. Dim drums throbbing in the hills half-heard, Where only a nameless throne, a crownless prince has stirred, Where, risen from a doubtful seat, a half-attainted stall, The last knight of Europe takes weapons from the wall the last and lingering troubadour to whom the bird has sung that once went singing southward when all the world was young. In that enormous silence, tiny and unafraid, comes up along a winding road the noise of a crusade, strong gongs groaning as the guns boom far. Don Juan of Austria is going to the war. Stiff flags straining in the night blast cold, in the gloom black purple, in the glint old gold, torchlight crimson on the copper kettle drums, then the tuckets, then the trumpets, then the cannon, and he comes. Don Juan laughing in the brave beard curled, spurning of his stirrups like the thrones of all the world, holding his head up for a flag of all the free Love light of Spain, hurrah! Deathlight of Africa, Don Juan of Austria, is riding to the sea. Mahound is in his paradise above the evening star. Don Juan of Austria is going to the war. He moves a mighty turban on the timeless Oris knees in his turban that is woven of the sunset and the seas. He shakes the peacock gardens as he rises from his ease and he strides among the treetops and is taller than the trees and his voice through all the garden is a thunder sent to bring Black Azrael and Ariel and Ammon on the wing Giants and the genii, multiplex of wing and eye whose strong obedience broke the sky when Solomon was king and they rush In red and purple, from the red clouds of the morn. From temples where the yellow gods shut up their eyes in scorn. They rise in green robes, roaring from the green hells of the sea, where fallen skies and evil hues and eyeless creatures be. Of them, the sea valves cluster and the gray sea forests curl. Splashed with splendid sickness, the sickness of the pearl, they swell in sapphire smoke out of the blue cracks of the ground. They gather and they wonder, and they give worship to Mahound. And he saith, Break up the mountains where the hermit folk may hide, and shift the red and silver sands lest bone of saint abide, and chase the jorias, flying night and day, not giving rest for that which was our trouble comes again out of the west. We have set the seal of Solomon on all things under sun, of knowledge and of sorrow and endurance of things done. But a noise is in the mountains, in the mountains, and I know the voice that shook our palaces four hundred years ago. It is he that saith not kismet, it is he that knows not fate, It is Richard, it is Raymond, it is Godfrey at the gate. It is he whose loss is laughter when he counts the wager worth. Put down your feet upon him, that our peace be on the earth. For he heard drums groaning, and he heard guns jar. Don Juan of Austria is going to the war? Sudden. And still, hurrah, bolt from Iberia, Don Juan of Austria is gone by Alacar. St. Michael's on his mountain in the sea roads of the north. Don Juan of Austria is girt and going forth. Where the gray seas glitter and the sharp tides shift and the sea folk labor and the red sails lift. He shakes his lance of iron, and he clasps his wings of stone. The noise is gone through Normandy. The noise is gone alone. The north is full of tangled things, and texts, and aching eyes, and dead is all the innocence of anger and surprise. And Christian killeth Christian in a narrow, dusty room, and Christian dreadeth Christ that bath a newer face doom and Christian hateth Mary that God kissed in Galilee. But Don Juan of Austria is riding to the sea. Don Juan calling through the blast and the eclipse, crying with the trumpet, with the trumpet of his lips, trumpet that saith, Ha! Domino Gloria! Don Juan of Austria is shouting to the ships. King Philip's in his closet with the fleece about his neck. Don Juan of Austria is armed upon the deck. The walls are hung with velvet that is black and soft as sin, and little dwarves creep out of it, and little dwarves creep in. He holds a crystal file that has colors like the moon. He touches, and it tingles, and he trembles very soon, and his face is as a fungus of a leprous white and gray, like plants in the high houses that are shuttered from the day, and death is in the file, and the end of noble works. But Don Juan of Austria has fired upon the Turk. Don Juan's hunting and his his hounds have bayed. Booms away past Italy, the rumor of his raid. Gun upon gun, ha ha! Gun upon gun, hurrah! Don Juan of Austria has loosed the cannonade. The Pope was in his chapel before day or battle broke. Don Juan of Austria is hidden in the smoke. The hidden room in a man's house where God sits all the year. The secret window whence the world looks small and very dear. He sees as in a mirror on the monstrous twilight sea. The crescent of his cruel ships whose name is mystery. They fling great shadows, foe words making cross and castle dark. They veil the plumed lions of the galleys of St. Mark. And above the ships are places of brown and black bearded chiefs and below the ships are prisons where with multitudinous griefs christian captives sick and sunless all a laboring race repines, like a race in sunken cities like a nation in the mines they are lost like slaves that swat in the skies of morning hung the stairways of the tallest gods when tyranny was young they are countless voiceless hopeless as those fallen or fleeing on before the high king's horses in the granite of babylon and many a one grows witless in his quiet room in hell where a yellow face looks inward through the lattice of his cell and he finds his god forgotten and he seeks no more a sign But Don Juan of Austria has burst the battle line, Don Juan pounding from the slaughter-painted poop, Purpling all the ocean like a bloody pirate sloop, scarlet running over the silvers and the golds, breaking of the hatches up, and bursting of the holds, thronging of the thousands up that labor under sea, white for bliss, and blind for sun, and stunned for liberty. Viva Hispania, Domino Gloria, Domina, Don Juan of Austria has set his people free. Cervantes, on his galley, Sets the sword back in the sheath. Don Juan of Austria rides homeward with a wreath. And he sees across a weary land a straggling road in Spain, up which a lean and foolish knight forever rides in vain. And he smiles, but not as the Sultan smile, and settles back the blade. Because Don Juan of Austria rides home from the crusade. G.K. Chesterton, isn't that cool? That is a super cool uh, poem, and I again I stole the whole idea from Father Rock at uh, at, our, at our parish. Are you saying outside. that
2: uh, that G.K. Chesterton writes good? Uh, was writes that, well? D- d- rather, did I? No, I didn't say that. I feel like mm. we just did an entire segment reading no. G.K. Chesterton. Like um, wow! Mm. Praise be to God, that's amazing. Did I? That wasn't that loud, was it? Mm. Uh, there's a difference heard between that. inside heard that. and outside voices. You have the entire poem of Battle of Lepanto memorized in your inside voice? <laughs> you know who. That's t- amazing. I tell you what, <laughs> I, I, as I was uh, looking at the poem and breaking it down and wanted to read
1: it like as dramatically as I, I could muster live anyway, and I was looking at various people who've read the poem on YouTubes, you know who did it the best, in my opinion? Who? Uh, Christopher Check from Catholic Answers. Really, he had the whole thing memorized. Wow! Yeah, it was impressive. That is very impressive. It was very impressive. The whole thing was memorized, and he he gave it a dramatic read, and you could he read uh, he narrated a book um, on Don Juan of Austria that we listened to, and it was amazing. It's an amazing book, the life of Don Juan, and uh, very
2: powerful. So he, I think he has a great love for Don Juan of Austria, and My obviously the Battle favorite- of Wanto. Uh, quote of Don Juan of Austria. And I've been playing uh, the Battle of Lepanto. The TFP put out a song they wrote and recorded. uh, You can find that TFP South on YouTube. And uh, it's the Battle of Lepanto in song. And it is so great. But my favorite line uh, from the Battle of Lepanto comes from Don Juan of Austria. He said uh, to his men going off to battle, there shall be no paradise for cowards. Whoa. And you're like, whoa! That's amazing. Like he he was such a he's such a holy man, and he wanted to uh, to his knights to be holy. He wanted his men to be holy, and he uh, des- and he demanded that these men rise up and they stand tall. And then the battle of Roland, the bishop told uh, gave a general confession to all the men going to battle and told him, "For your penance, strike the enemy cold." And it's like whoa! Like these are these are the <laughs> these are the things that these uh, the bishops and these yeah. these heroes of the faith yeah. uh, were well, like back then. It, it's amazing. We're talk, We're going to talk to a, a professor Dimatte about the Battle of Ponto
1: coming up after the break. But the contrasts are huge. Even not even just between the uh, uh, Ali Pasha and the Turkish fleet shaped in a crescent and Don Juan and uh, um, and the fleet of the Holy Roman Empire shaped like a cross don juan wears the you know the shred of the, uh, the true cross they have the our lady uh, the image of our lady guadalupe touched to the tilma there they go to holy mass or they go to confession they have uh every ship has its own chapel uh, chaplain i mean the contrasts are pretty stark now compare that level of military action with today's modern military that's growing atheist growing secular rejecting god boy the contrasts are very stark. All right, that was fun. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Praise be to God. I'll post that as a separate individual video on my YouTube channel later. But we're going to go to break. We're going to come back with breaking news and stories under Professor Roberto DiMattei, Battle of Ponto.
5: First John two twenty seven reads, You have no need that anyone should teach you, as his anointing, the Holy Spirit that is, teaches you about everything. Sounds pretty Protestant, doesn't it? No living teaching authority and just me and the Holy Spirit? Was John Protestant? Absolutely not, and here are some reasons why. First, John can't be rejecting a living teaching authority because in 1 John 4, 6, he instructs his readers that the apostles' teaching is the criterion for discerning truth from error. So what does John mean? He's warning his readers against false teachers. In 1 John 2, 19, he writes, "'Some went out from us, but they were not of us.'" If false teachers, but then there must be true teachers. Sure, the Spirit teaches Christians the truth, but He does so through the living teaching authority, not apart from it. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com Howdy,
2: this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to
1: Catholic Drive Time. I'm your host, Joe McClain, and this is your headline news. Business Insider reports... Global stocks rise on the back of optimism over a deal on the U.S. debt limit, while Bitcoin hovers at five-month highs around 55000 Both parties made some headway Wednesday after Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said he was willing to offer a short-term debt ceiling extension until December to stave off catastrophic financial repercussions. This means President Joe Biden and congressional Democrats would be able to finish their fiscal spending package of between 1.9 trillion and 2 trillion and include a further increase to the borrowing limit into one large reconciliation package near year-end according to a Deutsche Bank strategist. Epic Times reports federal judge temporarily blocks Texas anti-abortion law. A federal judge in Austin, Texas on Wednesday granted a temporary injunction against the Texas anti-abortion law that drew national attention after it recently survived judicial scrutiny by the U.S. Supreme Court. A U.S. District Judge Robert Pittman, an Obama appointee, opined that, quote, a person's right under the Constitution to choose to obtain an abortion prior to fetal viability is well established, unquote. He goes on to say, quote, fully aware that depriving its citizens of its right of this right by direct state action would be flagrantly unconstitutional. The state contrived an unprecedented, transparent statutory scheme to do just that, unquote. Pittman wrote, referring to the unique enforcement mechanism in the Texas law. The judge denied the state's request to delay the enforcement of the injunction until it files an appeal with the higher court in a sign of his ideological alignment. Pittman used the term pregnant person to describe expectant mothers, noting that he, quote, recognizes that not all pregnant people identify as women, unquote. Let that sink in. The Hill reports Colorado hospital system announces it will deny organ transplants for unvaccinated patients in almost all situations. Quote, in all, almost all situations, transplant recipients and living donors at UC Health are now required to be vaccinated against COVID-19 in addition to meeting other health requirements and receiving additional vaccinations, unquote, UC Health said in a statement to The Hill. The hospital system based in Aurora, Colorado, said that some transplant centers, quote, already have this requirement in place and others are making this change in policy now, unquote. The hospital further noted that patients who receive a transplanted organ are at, quote, significant risk for COVID-19, unquote, noting that studies have placed the, mor- the, morality rate, the, mor- rather, the mortality rate for transplant patients who contract the virus at between 18 and 32 percent. The current mortality rate for everyone else who has tested positive is at 1.6 percent. American Greatness reports Pfizer whistleblower officials tried to cover up the fact that fetal stem cells were used to develop the vaccine. Leaked Pfizer internal emails exposed by Project Veritas Wednesday night revealed the drug company used fetal stem cells to develop its COVID-19 vaccine and tried to hide the fact from the public, particularly Catholics who are bound by their faith to avoid products that violate church teaching on abortion. Pfizer insider Melissa Strickler discussed with Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe how corporate executive instructed staff to be secretive about the use of human fetal tissue in laboratory testing of the COVID-19 vaccine. The whistleblower works as a, quote, quality auditor, unquote, for Pfizer, according to Project Veritas. Pfizer's chief scientific officer, Philip Dormeitzer, admitted one email, in one email that aborted fetus tissue was used in the company's vaccine program, but he told employees to stick with Pfizer's PR talking points that failed to disclose the truth, especially from us Catholics. And those are your headline news. I want to read to you a little bit uh, from the National Catholic Register. Um, this was an article put out just today. Uh, by our friend, Paul Kengor, who's been on the program a couple of times. And it quotes uh, Professor uh, Roberto Di Mate, who's supposed to be on with us. Uh, hopefully he'll, he'll join at any moment, and when he does, we will go to him. But until then, this was a great article out of the National Catholic Register. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy this. It says, Remembering the Battle of Ponto 450 years ago. On August uh, the 2nd, 1571, August the 2nd, 1571, at Famagusta, the besieged and last remaining Christian outpost on the island of Cyprus, Marcantonio Bragenden and Astore Baglione, two Venetian commanders, surrendered to the Ottoman Turk commander, La Mustafa La La Mustafa Pasha. The Battle of Famagusta had been a bloodbath, all too typical of the era. With a Christian force of fewer than 10,000, utterly overwhelmed by a Muslim force of more than 100,000, the Christians fought to the death, suffering upward of 90% casualties. Bragadin and Baglioni had been assured honorable terms of surrender with promises that they had that they and the survivors would keep not only their dignity but their lives as well. When they went to Mustafa's tent, they instead were immediately arrested. Baglioni was beheaded on the spot. Bragadin, the governor general of Famagusta, would not be so lucky. He would be turned into an example. Mustafa himself pulled out a blade and cut off Bragadin's right ear. He then ordered his lieutenants to slice off Bragadin's left ear and nose. Bragadin's plight would only get worse. For nearly two weeks, he was stuffed in an open cage and exposed to the intense sun without food and little water. He was offered freedom on the fourth day of his captivity. If he converted to Islam, he would refuse. Historian Roberto Di Mattei explains what happened next to Bragadin, "'On August the 17th, he was hung from the mast of his own ship and scourged with over 100 lashes. Then he was forced to carry a heavy basket full of stones and sand on his shoulders through the streets of Famagusta until he collapsed.' He would then be brought back to the main square of the city and chained to a column upon which a Genoese renegade began to slowly flay him alive from the shoulders down. The Venetian commander endured the martyrdom with heroic courage, continuing to recite the miserere and to invoke the name of Christ until after his arms and torso had been skinned He cried out, In manus tuus domine, commendo spiritum meum, and expired. It was there in the afternoon of August the 17th, 1571. Bragadin's body was then quartered, and with his flayed skin stuffed with straw and cotton, and clothed with the garments and insignia of command, was carried in a macabre procession to the streets of Famagusta, and then hung from the mast of a galley which carried him to Constantinople as a trophy, together with the heads of other Christian leaders. Close quote, Roberto DiMattei, who joins us now by a Zoom chat. Good morning to you, Professor.
3: Good morning, good morning.
1: Praise be to God. Uh, so few of us Catholics really know the story of the Battle of Lepanto today being the 450th anniversary. Let alone yes. Famagusta. Tell us uh, why Famagusta really leads us up to the Battle of Lepanto. Uh,
3: yes, uh, in, in, in fact, uh, Famagusta is a very important uh, uh, battle, um, and the I have com- commemorated the protagonist. Uh, um, of uh, a Fam- Famagusta who, who was uh, Marcantonio Marcantonio Antonio Bra- Bragadin, And uh, um, the the all began with uh, the uh, the attack of uh, Turks uh, to the islands of uh, Cyprus uh, in uh, Mediterranean uh, Sea uh, defended by Venice and um, um, and um, bef- before before Famagosta the order of knights of saint john of malta played a decisive role uh, in uh, the military events uh, before the battle uh, of, of of lepanto but the the um, selim who was uh, the, the 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 sultan of turks uh, wanted to conquest uh, the, the island of Cyprus, wh- which was a Venetian colony that was of great importance uh, from a strategic and a commercial point uh, uh, of view. And so the authorities uh, of, of Venice were faced uh, with a dilemma, either to abandon the islands of Cyprus or to challenge the Ottoman power, uh, renouncing the policy of conciliation towards uh, the, the, the Turks. And uh and and uh, Pius v, the fifth the Pope Pius the fifth pushed uh Venice to resist uh, and uh, and in um, in this year between um, fifteen seventy 1570 and fifteen seventy one um while, while uh, um, uh, Venice organized the resistance in Cyprus, Pius the fifth um uh, organized the the, the Holy League against the the Turks, Uh, and uh, um, Selim sent one of his ambassadors to Venice to give an ultimatum, uh, either surrender the islands of Cyprus or suffer war, but the response of the Republic of Venice was war. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Professor Roberto Di DiMattei,
1: President of the Lepanto Foundation, is our guest. We have to go to a very short break. We'll be right back and continue our conversation about Pius V, Lepanto, and its historical significance for today. All that's coming up next. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Tell a friend.
0: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that the World Associates fanaticism with religion, but G.K. Chesterton says that the strangest fanaticism that fills our time is the fanatical hatred of morality, especially of Christian morality. It is the irreligious who are fanatical in their hatred of religion. They hate religion because religion is the only basis for morality. They hate morality because it is clear, and they prefer things to be vague. Vague to the point where they can call wrongs rights. But we cannot call something a right when it defies God's laws. We can only call it a sin, because all rights come from God, and God is not going to break his own laws. Neither should we. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, Chesterton.org. Howdy,
2: this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
1: Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. Our guest is Professor Roberto Di Mattei, president of Lepanto Foundation. It's 450 year anniversary to the day since the battle took place, Battle of Lepanto that saved Europe. Uh, welcome back to our program, Professor Di Mattei. We're grateful for your time. Uh, can we talk about Pius V and his struggle? I mean, he he becomes pope in, what, 1566, I think, right after the siege of Malta, and he struggles to find knights and Christians in Europe to come to the rescue of Europe and to stem the tide of the slaughter of Christians through the Mediterranean. Why was that?
3: Yes, the pontificate of Pius V was a short pontificate, only 60 years, 50 um, 1566 to uh, 1571, uh, but uh, 72, but very, very intense. And he was the great protagonist of uh, the triumph of, of Le which took place on the 7th of October, 1571. And uh, uh, I would like to 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 to. to, to say that today in Rome, the Lepanto Foundation will celebrate the 450th anniversary of the Battle of Lepanto, Um, um, with a Mass in the traditional Roman Rite, which will be celebrated in in front of the tomb of St. Paul V in the Basilica of St. Mary Major. Uh, accompanied by an American uh, um, uh, choir coming from Pennsylvania, especially for 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 the event, wow, for, for singing uh, um, Gregoriano. So and uh, this and, and uh, this evening, uh, a, a philharmonic choir directed by Monsignor Colino, a, a very um, very known Spanish Spanish uh, um, uh, priest and um, uh, will held a, a concert uh, dedicated to the blessed v- virgin mary st paul the 5th And uh, the the Battle of Lepanto. So um, um, I think that uh, this is uh, we we want to celebrate uh, this uh, so important um, event because uh, the Battle of Lepanto was one of the most important events in the history of the West. why
1: Why didn't France come to the rescue?
3: Uh, because uh, uh, b- b- there, there were also, of course, uh, geopoli- geopolitical uh, interests in uh, that moment, and um, uh, the work, for example, between France and uh, Spain, uh, between uh, Venice and uh, Geneva, uh, and but uh, but uh, the uh V the fifth uh, with a, a diplomatic a, a very strong diplomatic uh, effort uh, organized the 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 um a holy league with uh, with uh, the spain um venice uh, and uh, genova and other um, other little uh, um, sovereign states um, italian sovereign states and uh, this Formed the the the, the Christian uh, fleet, um, the Christian fleet um, uh, headed by uh, John uh, Don John Don Juan of uh, Austria.
2: Uh, so, why you mentioned earlier that this was uh, the most one of the most important battles in history for the West. Uh, why is that? Why is that the most important, one of the most important battles? A lot of people don't understand why we should be celebrating today. And I, I'm going to be celebrating quite a bit today. And uh, I think a lot of people should. And also, could you speak about a little bit about why, what was the importance of the fact that Pius V was a Dominican?
3: Uh, yes. Um, above all, about, about uh, the, 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 the battle. Uh, The 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 great importance of the battle. It is not only a geopolitical. I mean that the 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 political consequences were not so strong. But what it is important, it is the the symbolic meaning. I mean the the message that comes as to us. Uh, comes to us from the, the from the past, uh, in order to remind us of the mission of, of every Christian, uh, that is um, that of being a witness, also with uh, uh, blood, uh, of their own uh, own uh, faith. So, uh, so Saint Paul the fifth. Uh, uh, instilled a, a militant spirit in the Christian army that fought and won at Lepanto. And I think that it is this is the more important message uh, message of Lepanto, uh, because Lepanto is not a, only the banner of an armoured war, but it is the symbol of an attitude of spirit, a, a, a militant uh, uh, attitude. And um, a, a, and so Pope uh, Pius V was the true author of the Holy uh, uh, League. Um, League. This uh, the Holy League uh, established that uh, Pope Pius V, uh, King uh, Philip II of Spain, and the Republic of Venice constituted. A, a, a perpetual league, both offensive and defensive, against the the Turks, mm. the Turks, and uh, because because the Pope um, Saint Paul V um, knew uh, that uh, there would that um, uh, there would be no possible truce with Islam until the Ottoman Empire was uh, definitely annihilated. And so um, from the first day of his pontificate, uh, Pius uh, made one of his many goals uh, uh, that of defending Christianity from the danger of, of, of Islam. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is, uh, I think, uh, his um, uh, the, important, the, the main importance of, of his pontificate. What
1: about the miracles that surround the battle? I love the fact that Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, was a part of the battle, Uh, a a piece, a sliver of the true cross was there. I mean, there were many miracles. Can you talk about that?
3: Yes, but the more important is this, that when the battle ended at 5 in the evening on Sunday, uh, October the 7th, uh, 1571, In that moment, the V was examining the accounts um, with his general treasurer, Bussotti, and um, all of a sudden, almost moved by an irresistible impulse, he got up, opened the window and stared toward the east uh, as if absorbed in a contemplation. Then he turned back his eyes uh, shining with a a divine light and said, um, let us not deal with, uh, uh, not deal with business anymore, uh, but let us go to thank God because our armada, our fleet, has just won the victory. And uh, this uh, episode is uh, historical and uh, was one of the miracles uh, recognized for the canonization of St. Pius V. Uh, the, the and what happened is that uh, official news of, of the vic- victory uh, did not get to Rome until 15 days later. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, and so, and the Pope, uh, w- w- when the news of the victory arrived um, in the heart of the night, uh, the Pope burst uh, into tears of joy uttering mm. the words of the uh, of Simeon, Nunc dimittis servum tum Domine, quia viderunt oculi mei salutarem tum. And uh, St. Paul V was convinced that the true victoress of the battle of Lepanto was the Blessed Virgin Mary. And uh, he ordered, in addition to the litany of uh, Loreto, um, a new litany, Auxilium Christianorum, or Pronobis, uh, establishing a feast in honor of Our Lady of Victory, um, a feast that um, was later turned in, in, into that of uh, Our Lady of the Rosary, the feast that today we celebrate.
2: We have just a couple of minutes left. Adrian, do you have a question? Uh, y- yes. Uh, I wanted to ask real quickly about, we have less than two minutes left in the conversation, uh, about the, the Turks. Apparently, what I read was that after the battle, they reportedly saw visions of Our Lady up in the sky and Our Lord throwing down uh, bombs, uh, cannons hmm. uh, onto the Turkish fleet. Could you speak about that? Is there uh, historical evidence of that? Just about a
1: minute yeah. and a half.
3: Yes, it is uh, true. It is very interesting because uh, um, in the history of the the, the church, uh, it was not the only episode. Also in the crusade, we ha- we um, have a witness of uh, uh, Turks uh, um, combating uh, uh, fighting uh, against the crusaders, uh, who, who gave witness uh, the, the 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 Muslims uh, that they saw in, in the sky uh, Saint George or angels um, uh, fighting uh, near to 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 the christian uh, defenders uh, or the or the uh, christian civilization this happened uh, in during the crusades and this happened in uh, Panto. and uh, what is interesting as you uh, have said it is that the witness comes not from uh, christian uh, sources but from uh, Muslim sources. Wow.
1: Well, we are just about out of time uh, with our guest, R- Professor Roberto DiMattei, president of Lepanto Foundation. Uh, thank you for your time today, and we're very grateful to you. It's a, what a wonderful feast day to celebrate and to remember an incredible, miraculous victory. Uh, congratulations to your foundation on uh, spending your day today uh, celebrating this wonderful uh, victory. victory, victory. Praise be to God. God bless you. God love you, Professor DiMattei. Have a great day, and thank you again. All right, that is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. That was fun. We enjoyed remembering the Battle of Lepanto and Famagusta! Famagusta! Let's sing the battle cry and call Christians from all over the world to come together and once again have victory over the dark forces of this world. We're going to go to a break. For those of you that can join us in the next hour, we would love to have you, of course. Praise be to God. We're going to play our game, Fear and Trembling, have some good news and a lot of fun. It's all coming up next. Join us online if you want, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern.
4: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired.
6: Some friends who are Catholic who say that you don't have to believe everything that the church teaches whether it's in the catechism or not is that true?
7: No it's not true if you want to call yourself Catholic but you want to pick and choose for yourself which of the church's teachings to accept and which to reject you give everyone else who calls themselves Catholic the right to do the same thing For example, you believe women should be priests. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1577, it states, Only a baptized man validly receives ordination. For this reason, the ordination of women is not possible. You don't believe that? Well, that's fine. I just made this a catechism of your Catholic Church, but not mine. But remember, if you can throw doctrines out, so can everyone else who calls themselves Catholic. That gives Joe Parishner over at St. Doubting Thomas Catholic Church the right to throw out the church's social justice teachings. He doesn't feel like feeding the hungry, caring for the poor, and all that other bleeding heart stuff. Paragraphs 2401 to 2463. I just made this a catechism of his Catholic Church, but not mine. You believe contraception is okay. Paragraph 2370 says contraception is intrinsically evil. Joe Parishioner doesn't like what the Church teaches on the death penalty. Paragraphs 2364 to 65. You don't like what it teaches on these pages, pages 505 to 508. He doesn't like what it teaches on these other pages here, pages 610 to 615. Can you see what's happening? I heard it said once that there is a shortage of vocations to the priesthood in the United States, but no shortage of vocations to the papacy. If we don't believe in all of it, if we each appoint ourselves pope and throw out a doctrine here or a doctrine there, then our faith is no longer Catholic. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is
4: the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
2: Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
5: Welcome
4: to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed
2: and inspired.
5: We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting
4: you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious.
0: It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time.
2: Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise Praise be to
1: Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be with you. Praise be to God. And happy uh, feast day of the Holy Rosary feast day of the Battle of Lepanto, a victory, praise be to God. We had a great hour last hour talking about the 450-year anniversary of the Battle of Lepanto in 1571, the battle that saved Europe. Don Juan of Austria is going to war. I had a blast last hour reading G.K. Chesterton's poem on Lepanto. And I tried to throw my back into it a little bit and get, uh, and have fun and get dramatic with it. It was, it was, I enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. Praise be to God. So I'll be posting that poem, just the segment of the poem itself later this morning to my personal YouTube channel. And we'll be posting our, our interview segment to our CDT channel and, and hopefully we'll be back on the GRN channel. <laughs> In the next couple of weeks, I don't know. Speaking of uh, not being able to be on, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones
2: and twos. Good morning to you. Speaking of not being able to be on, well, what do you mean? You, it's good you, to be here. You, okay. I am here. I met you too, but. Praise be to okay. God. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, but mm-hmm. uh, no, that was a great last hour. It was fun. Like, I think that this might be one of our my favorite shows that we've done in like the last year. So praise be to God for that. I love the Battle of Lepanto. And I've recently, like in the last two years or three years, I've gotten, a, I love, a huge love for the Battle of Lepanto, hanging out with TFP guys. Um, they just put out a song re- today, um, or not today, this last couple weeks on the Battle of Lepanto. And it's I've been jamming to the song Is that all week. copyrighted? Can we play that in the after show? Absolutely. We can play it. There yeah, they uh They're very uh, liberal about the way they give their stuff away. Uh, so... Well, we can definitely use it. fun. And uh, I actually know the guys who uh, wrote it. They're out the, of New Orleans, actually, uh, the guy who wrote it and recorded it. So that's pretty awesome. So maybe like, that might come cool. up in the after show today. Absolutely. The second absolutely. half of
1: this hour. And the only way to participate in that is by being on one of our live video feeds, which you can do on Facebook, on Twitter. We're also on odyssey.com. Uh, maybe someday we'll also be on Rumble. I'm not sure. Maybe one day we'll also be on YouTube. <laughs>
0: we, we,
1: we, we are live streaming on the Catholic Drive Time channel right now because we took another strike on the GRN channel and they put us in timeout for two weeks. So hopefully we'll be back to that soon. Uh, for as long as they'll let us be on their platform, right? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? And then uh, and I'm posting also now on Miwi. You can actually find us on Miwi by searching for Catholic Drive Time. Uh, but there's lots of places. But if you go to our website grnonline.com forward slash cdt, you'll find. Uh, the links to everything. By the way, uh, we're going to be sending our recorded conversation uh, with Henry Seer about apostolic visitations and these religious communities. He details the apostolic visitation that essentially dismantled the Franciscan Friars of the Immaculate. They're still around, don't get me wrong, but they took a huge hit in that process. Uh, It was pretty ugly, actually, and he details all that in his book, The Dictator Pope, and Henry Sear uh, was our guest, so we recorded, what, 45 minutes? Uh, just about. Mm-hmm. And we're going to send that to the CDT insiders in the email list tonight. So you're going to get that in your inbox. You'll be able to have first crack at it. And then next week, we're going to play a portion of that interview on the radio program. So if you're not on the email list, you'll hear it a little bit of it anyway next week. If you want to hear the whole thing, you've got to be on that email list, which you can sign up at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Good morning to you, Janice.
6: Good morning, Joe.
1: Praise be to God. You 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 finally arrived. We got to get you in here earlier, though.
6: Yeah, I almost, I actually almost got in a car accident. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm. I'm like still in shock.
1: Oh, it's the worst. Getting you know, getting car accidents are the (laughs) worst to jar your nerves.
6: Yeah, I uh I I was trying obviously trying to get here as soon as I can, and then I um cut someone off. Trying to race through the red red light. All you got to do is
1: get up earlier.
6: Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was kind of (laughs) scary. I'm so sorry.
1: I'm glad nobody got hurt. Praise be to God. Yeah,
6: the guy got really mad at me though. He was cutting people off will do that. (laughs) It'll
1: do that. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, I'm glad you're safe. Praise be to God for that. Uh, Lessons learned, right? All right. So we're going to dive in. We're going to pray. I have a good news story for you today. And then we will do Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then we'll have our game show, Fear and Trembling. All that is coming up. Let's jump in. in. And answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the good news for today. This is reported out of LifeSite News. Abortionist offers to pay Catholics to stop praying. <laughs> Did you get that? An abortionist offers to pay Catholics to stop praying. Dirty pieces of silver? In a, in a national movement to end abortion. Hmm. What's going on here? Fredericksburg, Virginia, LifeSide News reporting, as faithful Catholics prayed the rosary outside of the late-term abortion facility in Phillipsburg, New Jersey, the door opened and suddenly the abortionist was standing there. He asked the group of Marian Blue Wave participants, quote, who is paying you to be here, unquote. When they replied that they were there voluntarily and not being paid, the man announced, Quote, well, I will pay you $100 not to come back, unquote. Quote, this is a story out of New Jersey. The story out of New Jersey confirms that our Marian Blue Wave is making an impact, unquote, declared Katie Brown, director of American Life League's growing Catholic movement to eliminate abortion, headquartered in Fredericksburg, Virginia. The organization has been on the front lines of the nationwide pro-life effort for over 40 years now. Under Brown's direction over its two-year existence, the Marian Blue Wave has gathered nearly 5,000 participants in all 50 states and 31 different countries and is growing daily. The Marian Blue Wave is a call to Catholics throughout America to pray a weekly rosary with the specific intention of ending all types of abortions and shutting down every Planned Parenthood facility. The American Life League celebrates the second anniversary of its Marian Blue Wave on October 2nd. 2021. And invites Catholics across the nation to join in the initiative. Did you get that? It's the feast day of the Battle of Ponto, Our Lady of Victory, Our Lady of the Holy Rosary. And they are celebrating their anniversary as well and look at the effects of that did you see that brown goes on to explain that in addition to the overarching aim of ending abortion throughout the nation the specific goals of the marian blue wave are to one shut down every planned parenthood facility in the u.s number two shut down all other abortion facilities number three change the hearts of catholics who advocate for or promote abortion in any way. Yay and amen. We need that. Quote, With the grace of God and the intercession of his blessed mother, we pray that the rosary, we pray the rosary for an end to all types of abortion, for the closure of all Planned Parenthood and abortion facilities, and for the protection of our Lord in the Holy Eucharist. Unquote stated Brown. Quote, We need this this because we have been fighting abortion politically for over 40 years, and nothing has changed. The Marian Blue Wave focuses on true evil behind abortion and rallies people together to fight the evil with our most powerful weapon, the rosary. Amen. That's a great good news story, which should remind you and me what an opportunity we have to pray at these abortion clinics, how it is impacting even the mind of the doctor. And in this case, the Marian Blue Wave was living rent-free in the mind of this abortionist. Who is willing to pay them to leave him alone? It's effective prayer. So sign up either the Mary and Blue Way, 40 Days for Life, or just go on down to your local abortion clinic and start praying. Miracles happen, amazing things happen, and all things are possible with God. Amen? Amen. And that is
2: your good news story for today. Bring me my weapon, was the quote from Padre Pio referencing the Holy Rosary. Today is the feast of Our Lady of the Rosary, also Our Lady of Victory, also the Battle of Lepanto, also the Auxiliary in Christenorum that is Our Lady Help of Christians. So a jam-packed day for Our Lady. Uh, So pray the rosary today. On September, or sorry, on the Sunday of the 7th of October, 1571, the combined Christian fleets, the League of Christendom under Don Juan of Austria achieved a significant, in fact, one of the greatest naval victories over the Mohammedans in the Straits of Lepanto. Thousands of Christians were liberated and the Turkish fleet was destroyed and they suffered their first great defeat at sea. In gratitude to God and Our Lady, Pope St. Pius V ordered an annual commemoration to be made of Our Lady of Victory. In 1573, Pope Gregory XIII transferred the feast to the first Sunday of October with the title of Feast of the Most Holy Rosary, since the victory was won through the invocation of Our Lady of the Rosary. Hmm, did I mention that St. Pius V was a Dominican? I just wanted to throw that out there. Since the victory was won through the intercession of Our Lady of the Rosary, and in 1716, Pope Clement XIII extended the feast to the whole Latin rite calendar. He assigned it to the first Sunday in October, and Pope St. Pius X changed the date to the 7th of October, 1913. And in 1969, Pope Paul VI changed the name of the feast to Our Lady of the Rosary. One quote from the Battle of Lepanto from the great General Don Juan of Austria, going off to battle, said, there shall be no paradise for cowards. Keep that in mind. Our Lady of Victory, pray for us. Praise be to
1: God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. Betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no husband? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your kinswoman Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold. I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The gospel of the Lord.
4: Another.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to prepare for the gospel today. Okay, truth and honesty here, uh, because I was preparing for the poem uh, from G.K. Chesterton on Lepanto. But I gotta say, I, I always, there's two things that stand out to me. Okay, there's 87 things. <laughs> that stand out to me about this. I'll say it off the cuff. One, kekare tomene, the Greek word Mm -hmm. for full of grace. It has a meaning, folks. It means she was always full of grace. She is full of grace, and she will be always full of grace. She is the full of grace. And you and I, we've been called full of a lot of things. No one has ever accused us of being full of God's grace. Yeah, mostly just it. But she has been accused. She's the only one who's been accused of being completely, utterly full of God's grace. That doesn't mean other people don't have a lot of God's grace, a bunch of God's grace, a tremendous amount of God's grace. But she's the only one with the full of grace. And then, of course, her fiat, right? Uh, Let it be done unto me according to thy word. Um. If only you and I could say that every day. Even with what little grace you and I have, amazing things might happen if we said yes to God. Adrian, what do you
2: have? Oh, my goodness. I, oh, there's, time there's, is up. Nice call. Not, I, good, know, good I know. I know. There's good not try. nearly enough time <laughs> to say it, n- anything about this passage, but uh, a couple of things. I want to correct something I said last hour. I said that the prophets usually die on the day of their birth. That was, I misspoke. I meant to say he, they are usually die on the day of their conception, hence talking about it on the, on the Annunciation. And so uh, that, that's a minor error that I made there, or I guess a major error. So just remember that if you were listening last hour. Second thing I wanted to point out is something a little bit different. Cornelia Lapide in reference to the uh, to the coming of Our Lady and her Fiat and the coming of the coming Messiah. The coming of the coming, advent of the coming, uh, when St. <laughs> Bernard says that Adam and all the patriarchs and prophets were anxious concerning the coming of the Messiah and the salvation of men. So just think about it. All the patriarchs of old are gathered in the bosom of Abraham and the, the limbo of the fathers and they're watching, watching this lady who the angel Gabriel comes down to and they're watching her saying, what is she going to do? Is she going to say yes? And Because they, they, don't, they don't have the knowledge that, uh, that Our Lady had. She didn't have the knowledge of God. They don't really know Our Lady. Even though Our Lady is perfect, they don't know that. And so they're watching her and they're thinking, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? And the whole world is on their knees waiting for the coming of the Messiah. Just Mm. think about that today. And Our Lady's great yes. It sounds uh, like we, we covered it all, Adrian.
1: All of it. There's nothing left to say about it. <laughs> Good luck with that, eh? All right. Uh, we are, we're we're going to go to a breaker. It's time to play Fear and Trembling, which means we need a caller on the line to play our game. That could be you, dear listener. If you've never called before, what an opportunity. If you haven't called in a while, call back now. The first caller gets to be the contestant, to play the game, to possibly win this prize, and it's a $60 value. All you got to do is be our caller at 877-757-9424. That phone number, call right now, is 877 877- 757 9424 757 9424. We'll be right back.
7: We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants
5: like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in one fifteen he affirms it saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Brusard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church, with over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the Church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home.
4: Welcome to another round of Fear and Trembling, the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants it's a 50 50 chance and prizes are involved avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth call now to take your shot 877-757-9424 and now your host
1: Joe McLean. Praise be to God. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. The phone lines are wide open. Praise be to God. Your chance to be our contestant, possibly win our prize pack this week, is great if you call right now at 877 757 9424. Call right now. We're looking for our first caller to be our contestant at 877 757 9424. That's 877 757 24. Here's the deal. We do like to do a few things uh during our game show segment. I don't like to tell too many people about it. I like to keep it just between us. But number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might just learn something you didn't know before. That's always a good thing. We like to have a great time with our contestants. By the way, the phone lines are open waiting for that call at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424 call right now and you can be our contestant and the other thing is we like to have fun our contestants tend to be a good time we really enjoy that part and of course we like to give out prizes which makes this a winner for everybody involved but the kicker is the caller doesn't need to know the questions they don't even need to know the answers they could not know a single one and still win why because i won't ask them i'm gonna ask janice i'm gonna ask adrian one of them will be right and the other will be wrong and the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Janice or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Janice, what could they win?
6: This week we have a sponsor called Mendoza Custom Leather. They're giving away a Sacred Heart Valet tray worth $60. They have an Instagram account called Mendoza Custom Leather. So they create leather goods uh, custom made. So this is an exclusive product that they don't even have in their shop. It's specifically made for our sponsor winner or for our game show winner this week. Uh, this is a leather tray that has an embroidered Sacred Heart image stitched to the bottom of the tray. You can place your necessities like your phone. Your wallet, rosary, holy water, keys, and uh, other sacramentals that you may have—it's uh, a great addition to your home altar, or just uh, maybe your bed, maybe your nighttime uh, bedtime stand. Uh, you can have your sacramentals yeah, there before bedtime. Super cool!
1: It is a beautiful Sacred Heart leather work. Uh, you know, so somebody's going to get to win this tomorrow. By the way. So the last three chances are now, and then again tomorrow, and then that's it. We're going to give out uh, that prize tomorrow. Now, the phone line blew up. Praise be to God. So uh, I'm uh, very grateful to everyone who called in today. Thank you for doing it. But let's jump onto the phones here and go to Don. Good morning to you, Don. Good morning. Praise be to God. Don, we're grateful you're back on the program. It's been a while. Uh, call, remind yep. us, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Greenville, Texas. Greenville, Texas. Praise be to God. Now you know, you've played before, Don. You know how the game is played. Are you ready, sir?
4: Well, yes, sir. I'm Don the Blabbermouth. I keep telling people about your secret.
1: Joe, now, Don, I it. don't appreciate that. It is a it is a trade secret. It is just between us. I know. Okay, we're not supposed well, to tell <laughs> anybody about the secrets. I'm-
4: I, don't uh, I try, but secrets are best uh, hard to keep, I guess. But let's go, with the, go ahead with the show, sir. Uh,
1: all right, Don. <laughs> all right. Don the Blabbermouth. He's keep, keeping we us gotta, on, our, on our time schedule. We need to get that on a button. <laughs> Don the Blabbermouth. All right, Don, here we go. We're going to play. Uh, Janice, we will start with you, as is our custom. Are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure?
6: Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Janice, can you tell me, name the part of the Mass in which the unconsecrated bread and wine are offered to God?
6: Hmm, The part of the Mass, that would be the offertory.
1: Sounds reasonable. Mm -hmm. You're offering something up? Okay, okay, I can see that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But let's just check in with Adrian, just, just because. Adrian, can you tell me, or rather, can you name for me the part of the Mass in which the unconsecrated bread and wine are offered to God.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, offertory seems like two on the nose. I'm gonna really? go. Yeah, it seems like it's like right like right on the tip top of the nose. I'm gonna go with the mass of the catechumens. The mass of the catechumens, eh? Mm-hmm. Um so you're saying
1: uh, a novius. it's gotta be something different. It's gotta be something different. Okay, okay. Well Don, here's the deal. Adrian uh, says it's mass of the catechumens. Whereas Janice says it's called the offertory. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Don, what say you?
4: I'm going with Janice.
1: Uh,
2: are, sh- are you sure?
4: Maybe I- <laughs> nah, he got it. He got it. You're trying to trick the poor guy.
2: Don't, don't worry, Don. I'm on your side. Joe's not actually on your <laughs> well, side.
4: Just, I know that Adrian's tricky. I remember him giving an answer in Latin that just mishead, said, I don't know the answer. And I think been.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yes, obviously, it's the offertory, good grief, the mass of the catechumens, Adrian. Yeah, that's that's the first half of the mass. Janice, good answer, by the way. Well done. Well done. (laughs) All right, Don, you're in the cup. Praise be to God. You could win, uh, but let's see if we can't double your chances. And speaking of Latin. Oh, um, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Don. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me what is the first line...
2: Of the Nicene Creed in Latin? The first line of the creed in Latin is credo. Uh, what the you, first word, rather. A minute ago, I was talking about Cat I, Two on the you know, nose. That's what I'm saying. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, Janice, uh, can you tell me, what is the first line of the creed in Latin?
6: That would be dominum yesum.
1: Dominum yesum. See, that sounds like Latin, like real Latin. That's, that's Dominum, yesum,
2: I mean, hmm. real Latin. Well, here's <laughs> interesting. <laughs> As opposed to <laughs> my fake Latin, pig Latin, <laughs> <It's> pig Latin.
1: <laughs> All right, so here's the deal, Don. Janice says it's Dominum, yasum, whereas Adrian says it's credo. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Don, what say you?
2: I'm going with Adrian and his Latin. Praise be to God. I, I like the sound of that. <laughs>
1: wow that's some that's
2: some confidence right there you admit that publicly don come no, the, on! the coolest thing about like the first line the credo it was uh it was often written on a on large parchment and mm-hmm. the tfp actually has a statue of a, of a crusader with the word credo on it Ooh. because he's talking Ooh. about like affirming the belief in god and when you go to battle you go to battle yeah. with the with the, the thought credo i believe on the mouth of the, I of the crusader believe. amen to that praise be to god you're in for two don how do you feel I
4: feel great.
1: Well, we'll see now. Third, this next one's a hard Third well. question is probably the trickiest question out of all three today, Don. Probably of just, all time. It just
4: takes just take
1: one to win, though, right? Exactly. Do you, do you <laughs> exactly. want to exactly. stop and pray a Hail Mary, maybe? Or, I, don't, I don't know. No, I, I'm afraid I, to even ask this next question. It's, go, no, gut, no guts, no
0: glory. I like right? that,
1: Don. <laughs> no paradise for cowards. No paradise. Don Juan of Austria, pray for us. All right. Uh, can we call him a saint? Am I allowed to canonize him just off the cuff like that? I uh, have mm, thoughts. You have thoughts. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Back to Janice. Janice. Mm-hmm. What, yes. what famous battle was fought by the League of Christendom on, in October of the year 1571?
6: Oh, hmm.
1: It's a tough one. This is so tough. History's my thing, though, so I love it. There's no way you know what this is, Joe.
4: I, pfft. yeah.
6: This, uh, uh, mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. this the, the Cristero War? Ooh.
4: Wow. This
1: I like a, the Cristero War. The Cristero War, yeah. St. Jose Sanchez del Rio. Mm-hmm. Pray for us. I like that. Okay. Could be, I don't know. Was that 1571? Maybe. Let's see. Adrian, can you tell me? What famous battle was fought by the League of Christendom in October of the year
2: 1571? Mm. Yes, that would be... It's, it's, it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to throw it out there. sounds kind of wild. I, yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's the the Battle of Lepanto. What is that again? Uh, the Battle of Lepanto. Lepanto? Lepanto. Is it French? It uh, might be Italian. Might be?
1: Okay. Here's the deal, Don. Uh, Adrian says it's Lepanto. Whereas Janice says it's uh, the Cristero War. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Don the Blabber, what say you?
4: Well, Google slow. I can't look it up. <laughs> I'm going with Janice because I tossed the coin.
1: Are you sure?
0: Only one oh, <laughs> oh, 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 no, Don.
1: Oh, no. It's, I'm sorry, Don. I'm, I'm so, I feel guilty. I'm going to confession later. I, I, it's, it's the Battle of Ponto. It's the Holy League of Nations. Um, See, I learned something.
4: Yeah, (laughs) praise Praise be to
1: God. God. (laughs) Well, you're in for two, Don. God is so good. You're a lot of fun. We enjoy that part. So praise be to God. Thank you uh, again for being on with us today from Greenville.
4: My pleasure. Always
3: enjoy it.
1: All right. We're going to put your name in the cup twice, but we're still going to put you on hold to make sure we got your phone number. And uh, again, God bless you and have a great day. That is going to do it for the radio side of our program. We enjoyed remembering the Holy Feast of the Holy Rosary, the, the Feast of Our Lady of Victory, the Feast of the Battle of Lepanto and Don Juan and all the rest. Again, I'll be posting the uh, poem that I read from G.K. Chesterton uh, as a standalone piece on uh, my social feeds, so look forward to that. But we're going to hang out for the next half hour to talk about whatever you want to discuss. All you got to do is be on a live video feed to do it. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to hang out with us or find a link to do it somewhere else. We'll see you tomorrow. God love you.
4: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired.
1: Let's do a straw poll real quick. How many of you out there? Raise a hand. Believe Don Juan of Austria should be named Saint. How many of you also believe, second follow-up question, Don Juan of Austria was murdered by his half brother, Philip of Spain? Hmm. Hmm. Maybe. It's possible. Welcome to the after show where we get a little bit more casual about our conversations. Uh, as you know, and most of you know, you're the CDT Insider. Some of you, though, are listening and watching, and you've never commented before. And let me encourage you. Uh, we have something special for you if you do decide to comment for the first time. And we would love to earn your first-time commenter status. Uh, so please, do us a favor, comment if you've never commented before. Let us know where you're from. And uh, we would appreciate that. We do lavish extra love on first-time commenters, and we'd be grateful to you. So uh, praise be to God for that. Otherwise, the CDT insiders, they know the deal, and they know all the inside humor, and they know how things work. And essentially, in the after show, it's just on social media, so we talk about whatever we want, or do we talk about whatever they allow us to talk about? Hmm. Either way, you get to drive the conversation by commenting, and then we will respond. That's how that works. Praise be to God. Let's uh, recognize a few people here. Tammy, good morning to you. S. Franco, praise be to God, good to see you. Jeff Burrier and the Burrier family, as always, is amazing to hang out with you. Our buddy Mike on Odyssey this morning. Uh, praise be to God, good to see you. Uh, some other people there hanging out, not commenting on Odyssey. But uh, hello, other people on Odyssey. It's uh,
2: I'm glad you're here hanging out with us. Uh, who's on Facebook? Oh, we got all the usuals. Michelle Vaughn is on with us. Mary Barone. Maureen. Chris Is on with us. Um, Let's see. Scroll up a little bit. And Sita is on with us. Josh Knoll. Lori, of course. Uh, Lori, always our first commenter of the day, every single day. Um, She was hilarious earlier. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Joe Poyman. Good morning to you, Dr. Joe Poyman. Praise be to God. Buddy is on with us. He had a great question. Uh, Jesus Robles is on with us. And Patty was on during the last hour. Uh, But Buddy had an awesome question. Which uh, mm-hmm. he said, Adrian, please explain how video games are considered sports. Uh, so this is a reference to the fact that the University of Saint Thomas, my alma mater, and so is uh, Chris Chance's alma mater as well. Which alma mater, if you didn't know, means our uh, the venerable mother. Our, uh, so it refers to it's all Greek to, um, it's all Greek to me. Uh, it's Latin, Actually, but okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, but you know, it's, it's all good. Yeah. But he the um, so the. Uh, it's crazy. The University of St. Thomas in Houston, which is not Minnesota, which you have to uh, make a distinction because ha! UST Minnesota did this whole thing that was like LGBT stuff. And everybody was like, oh, UST Houston. Why did y'all do that? And I'm like, well, you know, UST Houston is not great. It's not the perfect... But we're not that bad, okay? Uh, but what they did do was they were gloating and were ha- overjoyed about the fact that they were being recognized by the Houston Chronicle for uh, taking esports seriously. And I was like, uh, "Yay!" It takes athletic talent. You University know. of Saint Thomas. Thank I you mean, for uh, you got to do two a day. Taking esports seriously. You know, you you got to eat protein shakes. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? You you got it. You got to
1: stretch. Okay, you got to stretch. Mm-hmm. Before, yeah, you gotta stretch after your the thumbs. Games, you gotta stretch your thumbs. You gotta hydrate. We're yeah. talking electrolytes here, okay, oh, people? Yeah. Lots of Red Bull. It ain't easy sitting yeah. in that chair for, you know, nylon well, 23 okay. hours per day
2: I'm sure in your parents' basement eating Cheetos and playing video see, games online with your buddies. I think it's okay. I think I it it it's takes definitely, talent. well, it's definitely not like easy. Not, it's not something that like, it takes skill to do Mm. but is this really the skills Mm. that we care about Mm. is this really the skills that are uh beneficial to society i'm not saying that like if you put me in Mm -hmm. to play a Mm -hmm. video game with them i would just like it would be embarrassing to myself because i would don't know how to play video games so obviously i mean it takes (laughs) skill to do but that's the thing is this the skill that we were trying to cultivate? I remember being told to stop playing video games in mm. school whenever I was in, like in middle school, and I had teachers like Doctor Rebart, who we had on the show. Maybe we yeah. should get him back. Yeah. Uh, he would talk about the damage of video games, and we like, it, video games are not good for us. We need to get it's a, a waste on about of that. time. Uh, I was looking for a guest on that topic, but it fell through. So I need to reach back to yeah, that person. Let's find someone like uh, that. that'd be good. But like the, the whole concept to take. A video game and make it a sport. So, what is even a sport at this point? Is it just any competition is now a sport? Because okay, death. Technically, it is a competition, but it's not a sport. It's not. It doesn't require. uh And people might say, "Oh, well, it does take mental acuity." Okay, maybe. uh But it doesn't take. It's not the, what we understand as yeah. sports. But the real point here, the real thing that we need to understand. Mm. What is the purpose of university? I highly recommend going and checking out the interview we did with Dr. Rebart on this topic. But what is the point of university? Is the point of the university even football and baseball? Football and baseball is a staple of uh, sports, especially in Texas. Football is a huge staple of Texas. But the point of university is not even the sports. And to even say, go on and go further than that and say what? e-sports, the point of a university oh is a liberal arts education. What? Is to, no. It's to teach no, people how no, to think and what to think. No. Athletic
1: a, departments exist right, to, make to money, perpetuate
2: society. Sure. Liberal
1: arts departments exist to help fill in some of the gaps here and right. there in the budget.
2: Well, honestly, the liberal arts, it gets like 2% of, your, of the average income in most universities. Uh, they spend most of the money on sports and STEM. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, other than that. <laughs> who cares, right? You know, I read a book
1: uh, years ago. I've talked about this book on the show before, probably a few times. Um, I'm a one-trick pony, I know. But the book is called – I'm trying to look it up on my phone as I talk. But the book is called Brandwashed, and it was a frightening book. Another book is called uh, Michael Hyatt. I want I to th- say he also talked about it. But the book Brandwashed talked about how uh, the – Video game makers intentionally design video games to be addictive because they want their people playing them nonstop and constantly looking for that next nugget. Similar to how social media is designed to constantly engage the dopamine in the brain to keep you scrolling, 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 looking for affirmation every time you've said something
2: on the social media platform. I'm just thinking of the fact that like you see like people who play football and baseball, they show up. To class and like oh man i'm so tired we oh, had a man. long we had a long game last night well coach kept us late for practice and i'm just thinking are these guys going to show up to class one day and be like oh sorry sorry teach i was i was late to class because you know i was up all night playing video games uh but for for school for school um and i it's just it's just so silly and they converted the basement of the library and they got rid of the books there put it in storage and okay, technically speaking, they say you can still check out the books. You just have to request the books. They'll bring it to you. And I'm like, um, but I can't go browse them? And so they replaced, they changed out the basement of the library into a video game studio. Like, wow. This <laughs> is a, a, a university. Wow. Catholic University. Uh, no. Uh, Janice,
1: you're a big video game player. How do you feel about this?
6: <laughs> I I totally miss qu- uh, what is happening because I was on a phone call. But. Uh, personally, I don't um, play any video games. Actually, uh, <laughs> uh, the last time, so I was an active Nintendo sixty four player when what? I was a kid. Yeah, so Are you being uh, serious? I go way back with Nite- Nintendo sixty four. I used to be the one who would uh, get get the get the um, whatever it's called. I don't even know what it's called anymore. <laughs> uh, it's not a CD. It's not a cassette. It was like a, a little. Uh, what was it called? I don't even know what it was called, but I guess the little cassette. I I had to dust it off and the cart and yeah, and I had to like tap it on the table <laughs> and then breathe into it. What what um, was going on? <laughs> I,
1: I don't even know where this is going now. Like, what are we doing here? What? Let, well, if you
6: if you're, if, you're a, if you were an avid Nintendo sixty four yeah. user, you'll, well, you'll see you get it. Yeah,
1: back in my day, <laughs> back in my day, uh, we would play Pong for like. At least 30, 30 to 40 minutes, okay, all day long um, of Pong, P- Rage Pong. That's what we did. A little little paddle with the two wheels, okay? That's all we had was that little Pong with the two wheels. And then I remember, I think it was 1984. Was that the year Michael Jackson came out with Billie Jean?
2: I have no idea. I think
1: so. I think so. And uh, <laughs> we got the Atari 20, was it the 2600, 2400? I forget. And pff, mind blown. Pitfall uh. Pitfall tournaments at the house. It was amazing. Donkey Kong. Mm. Mm. Dig Dug. You know what I'm talking about. Pac-Man for hours and upon hours upon mm. hours of Pac-Man. I wasn't, I w- no longer, before that, I was like, you know, su- all summer break because a single parent, my mom had to go to work all day. Uh, and so as a, a little kid, I'm like, I'm out of here. Halfway across the town. No one knew or, or had any clue what I was, what shenanigans I was
2: up to. <laughs> i uh, be across town, but once we got the Atari, mm. kept me there, mm. playing the game. I just, well, the, Chris made a great comment, and I'm going to slightly edit it. He said, uh, I was up all night pretending to be Batman professor, so I didn't finish <laughs> my the paper on St. Augustine's Confessions. I would edit it to be more... Accurate, because other than this one point, it's completely accurate. I was up all night playing League of Legends, Professor, so I didn't finish the paper on St. Augustine's Confessions. Like, literally, that's what, that's literally what's going on. So instead of reading the Confessions, reading this great literature, we're going to have students playing video games for the university. For the university. That's the thing that, that triggers me the most, is the fact that the university is encouraging Playing video games, yeah, like that—that that drives me up a wall. And yeah. I posted about it on Facebook, and uh, people are upset with me as usual. Uh, my friend Devin, from we went to high school together, and we also went to University of St. Thomas together. He said um, the, uh, but based on everyone's backlash to a niche sport game, I'd like to see how people react to local newspaper highlights about something mediocre like football or golf or chess, since the latter doesn't qualify as a sport. Yeah, I mean, well, okay, so well, here's the thing, chess. It's not a sport, I agree, but it's a competition and it's a, and it's a praiseworthy competition because it requires mental acuity. It requires, uh, skill. It requires intellectual life. It requires contemplation Mm. and silence. Um, it's a sport that's, it's not, it's a competition that's worthy of admiration. Football. And uh, and golf and other physical sports, now, those are not academic sports, but they require uh, excellence in the physical body. They require – so there's a virtue that is cultivated there. And it's and true I think you could can... right to argue that there is virtue that in playing video games competitively. I'm sure there are some, but the, that's not the point. I but, think we can all agree that there
1: are – you know shades there's layers in other words uh reading is a good thing but not reading everything is good there are things that when you you read would corrupt your mind and your spirit and your soul and you shouldn't read those things they're trash they're garbage and you shouldn't read those things but reading is good right reading is very good so we can tell the difference uh and the question becomes well are all video games bad no but certainly not, however, I think I have a controversial opinion about it in the sense that I believe personally that no adult male, an adult male, should be playing video games. That doesn 't mean they shouldn 't recreate or have fun on occasion, but to own these game consoles and spend time at home, if you 're an adult man, especially if you 're married with children, I, I just don 't believe you ought to, I, I don 't believe you ought to own the video game consoles and play those video games. I think it's a distraction from who, you, from your role and your vocation. And there's lots of things that can be distractions, even without the video games. It's hard enough without them. I think it's even harder with them uh, because of the addictive nature of the modern video game. Because very few people are playing Wii Sports. Let's be honest. They're playing uh, the more highly graphic, intense games, uh, Call of Duty and, and the rest. And that stuff is designed intentionally to be addictive. So I, my controversial opinion is, I don't believe... Any adult male ought to be
2: playing video games. Yeah, huh? I kind of agree. I probably would be not as not as uh, strict as that. There's no, like there's no no way they could do it, but. <laughs> I think, uh, in general, that's probably a, I probably agree with that as a, as a whole. But the other thing is, like, like his other point was that, like, why are people being backlashed about this, but not other things? Well, other, other than the fact, the points that I made about the other sports and competitions having virtue that are, that these, that video games do not have. The other thing is that, um, the, like I said at the beginning, this is not the intention of universities. Universities should not be cultivating like because Josh made the point here. He said esports isn't going to replace uh homework, you boomer. It's just like time used for sports, uh, but it's still asinine. And uh no, like here's here's the thing. Like in general, like how many sports people do you know? I knew a lot of sports people in college, I knew a lot of sports people in high school. I was one of the sports people in high school. Sports people in general, obviously there are a lot of exceptions, and there are a lot of exceptions in this category. They usually make the grade in order to play sports. They get the bare minimum grade required. They get uh, exemptions. They get extensions of their stuff. And they make the bare minimum requirements in order to keep playing their sport. Um, I don't think that we should be encouraging this. We are recruiting people. We are literally going out of our way to recruit people to play video games for the university. Um, (laughs) It's bizarre. It's bizarre. It's very strange.
1: I've I've been a big critic of higher education for a long time. Uh, I feel like it's just a rigged system not designed to... uh, you know, like liberal arts, classic liberal arts. It, the reason why classic education is classic is because it's designed to help people to think, to form the person into a more whole person, to be able to reason and to logic, to allow their mind to chew on the great classics that built Western civilization And to be able to put themselves in almost any circumstance, job or otherwise, and come to a reasonable conclusion, and yet generation after generation after generation, we pump them through the college system with all of these higher degrees, they don't know things. They don't know a lot of things. I'm not talking just about math or geography or history. Yeah, they don't know those things either. But what else don't they know? How to make reasonable, logical conclusions. For instance, they can't say, hey, life begins. At conception, Or they might say, my body, my choice. No, the baby has its own body, just so you know. That's called basic information. Just, just, just putting it out there. There's so many problems in society. The breakdown in marriage, the embracing of progressive, socialist, homosexual agenda uh, issues. That calls, comes from the college system campuses, right? It comes from higher education campuses and their insane professors that stir the pot with these young impressionable kids who spend their time now playing video games. You know, another thing that uh, I, I often refer to is an article that I read back in like 2004, maybe two, maybe five, but I think it was like four. I don't have a link. I wish I did, but it left an impression. It was in the USA Today, if if I'm not mistaken. It was about a woman who in the 60s was big into the burn the bra movement, women's lib, all of it. Gross. And so fast forward, she was all about, you know, casual sex for women. And then fast forward decades. Now she's an older woman and she wanted to test the theory. She wanted to go and see whether or not All of that work the sexual freedom movement uh, did in in the 60s and 70s had paid off. So she toured college campuses and she surveyed young women and young men about their sexual preferences. And what she discovered frightened her. What she discovered was the men did not want actual relationships with women. They preferred fantasy, they preferred pornography, they preferred their video games, they preferred their emasculated masculinity over real relationships and real interaction, intimacy with women, which meant that women who were desperate for attention put themselves in horrible situations, making horrible decisions, doing things sexually that they would never imagine doing just to ensure that they had the proper attention that they were seeking. So it's a two-for-one special to destroy humanity, and it should wake you up that even a, even someone who is so progressive could realize the damaging fruit of her labor. That we ought to as well, and I think video games plays a big role in that.
6: Well, I'm, I'm looking at their uh, the website, and it looks like it's actually a an academic program. So it's it's not just a club, but it's an actual no, it's degree. an official
2: sport of the university.
6: Oh, okay. Like I they see. have
2: teams, yeah, that are competing at professional co- competitions. Teams. Yeah, they travel and they play video games professionally.
6: I think it's also like the pressure of you know a lot of actually a lot of universities are adopting um, video games as a major, and so I think it's the university perhaps feels like like a sense of like oh we have to kind of stay up to date and compete with other universities and. If we don't offer this, then we're losing. Um, it's about you know, it's about the numbers, about the, um, the the enrollment that they get, and so I'm sure that there's like peer pressure on that end uh, to provide this because they want to increase their enrollment, and it's just another yeah, way I'm sure to appeal. It is.
2: A buddy asks if they're offering scholarships to kids that are great at video games. I'm sure they are. I have no idea. Could you imagine? That's a good question, but I, I, I mean... What was I, that movie, Ender's kind of Game? Have, you
1: guys, have either one of you watched Ender's yeah, Game? I read Ender's Game. You did? Yeah, back that when was I was a book? in... Uh, yeah, that's a, a, it's a series. The movie always comes first, by the way. Mm, okay. They always <laughs> write the book based on the movie. Right. We all know
2: that's true. Mm-hmm. Don't fact check me. Just go with it. But Janice, yeah. have you heard
1: of Ender's Game? No, I haven't. It's,
2: uh, Adrian, you tell her. Yeah. So Ender's Game, it's a great, great book. But the premise of the book is there's a, the, this guy, Ender, and his family, they're poor, but they, he plays video games. Um, this is actually better associated with it, Ready Player One. But anyway, the Ender's Game in it, they are training to go into the military, right? So they're leading a battle. They're kids, though. Yeah. They're, they're all but children, they're, but they're genius. They're genius kids, like they're like uh, like, like high-level intellects. And whenever they are training, they're doing these like uh, simulations, these battle simulations, these battle, these war games essentially. And they're fighting these battles uh, where they think they're shooting at, uh, they're they're taking out enemy uh, combatants, they're leading armies, and they take these games extraordinarily seriously. Like if you lose, like you're punished. It's pretty high level. But with the revealing thing, so spoiler alert, if you've never seen the game, you've never read the book and you want to, here's a huge, 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 huge spoiler. Like they, they make a spoiler of the of the movie and the book. At the end of the book, you realize the whole time, all the simulations they were playing from a certain point was real. Yeah. Was real. It's so kind of creepy were, they actually. Were, yeah, they were, <laughs> they were remotely controlling drones, but they were actually leading real armies with real people. Yeah. And so they had, they had real people in there, but they were controlling their ship remotely and they were leading the battle and giving orders to people who were following their orders, who, and they, and he did not know he was doing, doing it in real life. And he was also killing enemy combatants Yeah, that he didn't know he was actually killing. Yeah. So it's like playing call of duty. Like you, let's just say you're playing call of duty, shooting enemy combatants and you realize at the end of the game that you had actually killed all those people. That's and creepy. led that many people to their deaths. Like you sacrifice someone's life to your left and to your right. And you realize afterwards that you just threw away human life. Like those lives to your left and to your right were real human beings. Those weren't mm-hmm. just uh, code on a game.
6: Mm, it's that's crazy. So sad. It's
2: that's kind of
1: creepy.
0: It's crazy.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can kind of see it. And when you watch the movie, uh, which obviously predates the book. When you watch the movie, you can see it coming. Like by the time that's about to come around,
2: you kind of know what. I didn't see it coming this, in the book at all. Going. I never seen the movie, but the book I didn't yeah. see it coming. Harrison at all. Ford played in the movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who did he play? The general. Oh, okay. Or admiral. I can't. Remember I, was what they like, called yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like, because all the all the main characters were young, were kids. <laughs> yeah.
6: <laughs> the last time I owned a little video game was um, one of those like games. Games. What is it? The it looked like a little. Uh, I think it was like, I think I was like 10 and um, my sisters and I, we would play Nintendo 64 and that was like, I actually mastered uh, Mario Karts. That was like my favorite (laughs) game. Oh,
0: that's funny. Uh,
6: And if if I, if I play it again, I'm pretty sure I could master it again. But that's, I think the last time I played video games was like when I was like 12 or 13. Uh, Yeah, we don't, we don't, in my house right now, we don't own video games. The only, the only thing that we do play in our house is chess
0: oh really uh, yeah we, Do you like chess
6: uh my husband is obsessed with chess <laughs> Oh wow! No
0: kidding.
6: uh he is like he's actually coaching chess this year at the the school that he's working at um he's like he's obsessed with chess he if he could he would pursue the what is it the, the grandmaster like chess wow. position? yeah
1: does he play against the computer
6: Uh, He does the computer. He does like he has He he goes to a chess club on for every other Friday. Yeah, he's very serious about chess.
2: (laughs) So I looked it up. He's going to go pro then.
6: Yeah, (laughs) they don't have
2: a degree for esports, which I'm I'm glad of. They have a course, an elective course, esports course, introduction to esports. And I'll read you the course description. Intro to esports will provide students with a clear understanding of obstacles and issues that different entities in the esports space, from players contrast in rights to service agreements to how entities monetize their businesses, and students should be equipped to understand and address complex contract details, operations, intellectual property, broadcast and tournament operation face, identify track stakeholders, I apply analytic tools to manage player performance and get accurate views on esports and gaming markets. <laughs> okay, there you go, folks. There you go,
1: folks. I mean, but you have Catholic universities offering, cor- like uh, your school, your alma mater, there,
2: Janice, out in San Diego. They offer mm-hmm. game design. I think that's different. That's kind of that's kind of yeah. important. I, I'm not necessarily yeah. well, I wouldn't say important, but I mean design, like computer design, that's a real skill. you got to learn how to program, you got to learn like these are like real skills you got to learn in regards to like just using computers in general. Mm. So I think mm. that's actually not necessarily a, I think that's a good thing. And so did the student body out there spend their nights playing video
1: games all night, c- showing up to class late?
6: Yeah, it's glassy eyed. In- Um, it's interesting because we, uh, you know, we, I I attended a art, a Catholic art school. So a lot of the students there are very creative, very innovative. Um, and we did have like our groupies, like, oh, those are the film, film kids. These are the gaming kids. These are, the evangelization kids like we had everybody was part of like a subgroup within the whole university and it was a very small university so everybody knew everybody Uh and we did have our gaming click there was a gla- there was a gaming um but most of the gaming students were gaming ma- majors yeah and so they, um, yeah, they did have like they would talk about game like uh, game like uh, um, yeah games all the time, and I on, I was so clueless. I I didn't hang out with those with that group because <laughs> um, I, I there was a lot of like uh, it was very clicky with uh, they just they spoke the same language, you know, yeah. with all of their games that they played. But again, it was also their degree. So they really we're um into it, eh? were into it <laughs> to the point that they not only did not only did they know how to play the games and yeah. knew about the games, but they actually knew how to like design um mock ups of the games and they could like um they did a lot of like Mamiya uh, Adobe InDesign, Adobe uh, Illustrator, sure, Adobe Animation. Um, so that was like their expertise. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, they they definitely had their groupie, and I'm sure they stayed <laughs> up late and they had game nights. Yeah, that was the, their thing.
1: By the way, Mike over at Odyssey.com says that the movie is a pale shadow of the book. Yeah, the book is excellent. I don't know if I have to watch the movie. He said Orson Scott Card was canceled for his views on traditional marriage. Oh wow. Who knew? Who knew? Um, um, praise be God. By the way, before I forget, Mike also over on Odyssey.com hanging out with us today suggested to listen to the Mike Rowe podcast. Uh, this goes back to September the 28th. Apparently, he was, uh, Mike Rowe was talking about Cervantes. Was it Cervantes he was talking about? I
2: think talking so. Talking about Don Quixote de Cervantes? Miguel de Cervantes, Don Quixote. Mike Rowe spoke about Miguel de
1: Cervantes on his podcast. That's that's interesting. Is Mike Rowe Catholic? I wonder. Or is it just because de Cervantes is so general that anybody would talk about it? Probably, huh? I don't know. That led that led me reading about the Battle of Lepanto. Cervantes was apparently decorated for his actions during the engagement.
2: Yeah, pretty cool did you want to play the uh the Ponto we got song? time uh we can just let it run as okay outro. so this is a song published by the american tfp right yes it's written and uh and sung by uh mr alvaro out of the new orleans seat over in uh with the tfp so we're i i don't think it's copyrighted no it's
0: so not copyrighted it is we on have YouTube.
2: permission from the tfp to play their songs
1: you if can also download it for YouTube's. free.
2: They put it on free for on SoundCloud. I'll put a link in the description. And so if you want to listen to it, uh, it'll be there available to you all. And there you go. Let's play the song. And that'll be uh, our outro for today instead of uh, Jesus is a Friend of Mine. or uh, Don't forget one. the email list. We're going to send you the Henry Sear conversation on the email today.
1: So if you're not on the email list, go to our website and sign up. GRNOnline.com forward slash CBT. John,
4: John of Austria stood aboard his flagship, staring in at the distant horizon. Hundreds of vessels of the Turkish Sultan, destined for Europe in certain invasion. From ship to ship, now rousing his forces, stalwart and brave is the fearless commander. Spanish, Phoenicians, soldiers of Naples, all hear his words full of boldness and candor. (laughs) Sayonara, ye are crushed now the present, banish the slaves of the foul wicked serpent, vessel Our arms to your son most glorious fill us with courage queen of the ocean These day by fighting we show our devotion from port to starboard let it go these loud words there can be no paradise Muslim invaders with the greater numbers pressed to advance in a crescent formation. Galleys of Venice rode into position flamed as a cross by the Spanish legation. With the foes now quickly advancing, flashes break out at our flanks and our center. Cannons to now strike at their flagship, make them regret ever seeing our standard. Sometimes we are crushed, never present. Banish the slaves of the No paradise for cowards. Then, without warning completely shifted our own reserves quickly joined in the fighting ships lasting time com-